Welcome to What I Love About Sex, where some incredible guests and I, Steph Kanowski, will be bringing you the tools for improving your sex life with topics such as sex issues with your partner, sexual self-confidence, premature ejaculation, sexual shame, masturbation, sharing your fetishes, orgasmic pleasure, and more. Sex is still so taboo, and I personally believe that by improving our understanding and communication skills around sex, we can enhance our own self-pleasure as well as deepening our long-term romantic relationships. So listen in, try to stay open-minded, and let's get started. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode. Today is a personal one. As promised, I'm going to share with you my current health status because I know a lot of you have been asking, um, you've been worried where I've been on Instagram. And then there's a lot of you who are like, it's none of our business. You don't have to tell us. And that's, I get it. Like, I definitely don't tell you everything, trust me. But, um, you know, there are things I, I think are worthy of sharing, especially if they have a lesson or value uh, to to give from them. And that makes me actually feel better about my challenges is knowing that, hey, I learned something from them and I could teach other people things from them. That makes me feel like I can actually use the shit I've been dealing with <laughs> and it's not just a wasted time. So it does feel good to share in a, in this sense because I feel like I'm doing something with the challenge. And yeah, so let's get into it. Um, I'm just going to fix my headphone because I'm using a new, new mic and headphone headphones, um, because Andrew got the Rodecaster Pro 2, which is really cool and it has really, really cool features like <laughs> that. And if we get really excited on here, I'm going to be like, oh, so annoying and when it's really awkward we got some crickets oh my god this is my favorite feature and then i'll leave you guys alone with this but how cool is this i could change my voice you don't know who i am (laughs) so creepy i had clients who i wanted on my podcast i wanted to interview them and they're like well i don't want to be i don't want people to know it's me by my voice And I was like, fuck, okay. But now I could tell them, hey, I have this creepy voice feature. No one will ever know it's you. Let's do it. (laughs) And then the listeners will just get creeped out. Anyway, um, that's cool. But let's go into this episode. Now, as many of you know, I was struggling with these random health symptoms that I didn't understand. And they started around October of last year, then disappeared for you for a few months and then came head on in February and lasted just about this entire year. So, um, yeah, the first half of the year I was like, what the fuck's happening? Like my digestion was super messed up and I was, I was constantly tired and like every day just exhausted for, for no reason. It seemed, you know, um, my hair was falling out like crazy I had no sex drive, completely went away. I I couldn't get wet during sex. It was actually painful, like physically painful to have sex even the day after. I was bloating every single day, didn't understand why. Um, just moody because of just being in pain. I had this chronic pelvic pain that was that literally was daily. And it got to the point where it was like a seven out of ten every day. And nothing would do anything to make it go away. So I was physically limited because going to the gym was just painful because of this pain. And, oh man, it was just so much came on so fast that, that caused a lot of anxiety, caused depression for the first time in my life. And I, I just felt hopeless for a bit. And there was a, a point where I was so hopeless And I was in bed a lot. And Andrew had moved in with me this past March. (laughs) Oh my God. I I was feeling so bad for so long that like, man, like I've been healthy and vibrant and energized and fit my entire life. And then 
the love of my life moves in with me and this shit is happening immediately. And um, there was definitely a sense of guilt there, a sense of guilt and a sense of, wait, this isn't the real me. Like, hold on, this isn't really me. Like, just wait, I'm actually really attractive and fun. <laughs> like, just wanting him to to see who I really was, right? And like, the sick person is not Stephanie. Um, but he never made me feel that way, ever. And he said something to me the other day that made me want to tear up. He was just like, oh man, imagine it, like I moved in at the perfect time. Like imagine if you didn't have support, like someone supporting you, like how much harder it would have been. Like, I'm so glad I was there for you and you had me there for you. And it was, oh, that just made me melt because it's so true. Like if I didn't have him, I honestly don't know where I'd be right now. He has done so much throughout this whole health journey. Um, that really, really tested our relationship, you know, like he just moved in and all this strain and stress was put on our relationship and he, he handled it with such a calm, loving energy, but also a very assertive energy of making sure I figured out what was going on and took action instead of dwelling on my sadness. So I just huge shout out to Andrew, my boyfriend who I love so much and, um, has really carried me through this whole thing. But, um, but yeah, so anyway, I get to this helpless point and he's like, Andrew goes to me, babe, like you need to figure this out. You can't just be laying in bed all day. And I understand that you're going through a lot and it's confusing, but let's find some answers. Like, what are you doing to find answers? Let's come on. What, what can we do? And it was very much like a get the fuck out of bed <laughs> in a loving way um, that made me feel like I could find the answers. I just had to look. And at that point, I knew I wasn't looking. I was feeling really sad all the time. And I was struggling. And um, found an answer that I was like, holy shit, this is probably it. And it was breast implant illness. If you scroll back to a few episodes in this podcast, I talk about um, my the, the first time I realized that, oh, it's probably, it's probably during around March time, if you go through my podcast where I'm like, oh my God, it might be this. So I'm going to hit the surgery and get my, get my breast implants out, which means breast explant. And these are my fake boobs that I had put in almost 10 years ago. So I'm, I'm looking at these videos and I'm learning about breast implant illness. And all of these symptoms are the symptoms that I'm dealing with. And I'm like, holy shit, this is my life. And I'm listening to women talk about it and it's literally me. It's just everything they're saying are the things I'm going through, the digestion stuff, the fatigue, um, the bloating, the pain with sex, loss of libido, um, all of it, um, rash, random rashes. So I had everything and I'm like, all right, I'm scheduling a breast explant and I'm going to go to this guy because I knew the doctor was someone who, um, or I knew the girl who was talking about it, Lauren Bostick, and I, I very much trust her opinion um, I've been following her for quite a while on social media and she was going to this doctor, Dr. Whitfield in, in Austin, Texas. And I was still living in New York, but I was like, all right, I'm going to fly to Austin. Um, we'll do it in Austin. He's the best. Um, and let's get this done by the best. So this is me just talking to myself. <laughs> and of course, Andrew, and he was immediately down and he was like, I'll go with you. Let's do it. Like find the soonest one. So I found the soonest date, which was a few months from then. It was end of August. And I got the surgery. Immediately after the surgery, I felt, I started feeling incredible. Like within the first week, I was, um, I wasn't bloating. I wasn't feeling as much pain in my pelvic area. I was just, everything was, everything was, turning around and it was great. And let me mention also up until this point, I changed my diet drastically. I actually did 75 hard and that helped me to really stay focused on at least walking every single day so that I wasn't in bed. I wasn't depressed. I was moving every day. I was also eating a very, very strict diet, which meant I was doing no gluten, no dairy, no sugar, no fried foods, um, no alcohol, no uh, no high sodium and basically, you know, fruits, veggies, protein, anything that was going to, and then I was on a detox plan too. So 
I was taking supplements and things to help gather the toxins in my body and get them out. And so I was really hardcore watching every single thing I put in my mouth. And, um, yeah. So then I get the surgery immediately. I'm feeling better about a month after surgery. I'm like, holy shit, I'm back. I'm getting back to the old me. Like this is me. And then a little bit after the first month post-surgery, I start getting hit with some symptoms again. And I'm like, oh no, what's happening? And I, of course, start, you know, getting in my head as a lot of you guys are familiar with. And I'm having these thoughts like, oh, it's coming back. What the hell's happening? Like I'm in pain again. Like it was, I was doing good for so long. Like it's, I thought it went away and everything was good. Um, the exhaustion came back, you know, being tired. I was getting sick really easily, which means, you know, my immune system was just not strong. So I was, um, and this especially was happening at the time we were moving to Austin. Um, we were traveling a lot and my nervous system just wasn't able to handle the changes and the stress of my body as I, I suppose it, as it was trying to heal, right? So that's what I took away from it, why it got all ramped up again and all the symptoms came back. But I um, basically like had severe reactions that I've never experienced in my life, like poison, poison-like reactions to eating foods. So at first, the first time I ate gluten, we were in Argentina and we had pizza. And I was like, oh, let me just have it this one time. I'll take a digestive enzyme, I'll be fine. And oh my God, um, one of the worst experiences of my life to date. We, we get back to the Airbnb and our flight is a few hours, is three hours later or something like that. So we get back, we're, we're planning to just pack and head out of there. And I tell Andrew, I'm like, oh my God, I'm nauseous again. And at this point I was nauseous like every day. That was another symptom every single time I ate. So there's like so many symptoms that, and these were all like happening daily. So I was, that's why I was so hopeless. I was at the point where I'm like, why is my body breaking? Like what's happening? So yeah, we're in Argentina. I eat the pizza. I'm like, Andrew, I'm, I feel this, I feel sick, but I'll probably be fine. Whatever. It's probably just like a nausea, whatever. I've been used to it. And I'm stuck in the bathroom for like two hours after that. We missed our flight. I, this is the closest to food poisoning I've ever experienced. I've experienced crazy actual food poisoning in Mexico like years ago with an ex of mine. I literally went blind and I was throwing up and having diarrhea at the same time after eating like a taco or something on the street. And yeah, I just remember it was the sickest. My body was shaking. I was, it was horrible. So this Argentina experience was quite similar to that, except I lost my hearing <laughs> and, um, just so uncomfortable. My body broke out in this heated, like my whole body felt like a rash, like a hot rash. Like I felt like I was on fire and I was like, Oh my God, like I'm burning. Like my skin is burning off. And yeah, so I'm feeling like that. And I, like I said, I'm losing my hearing. So I yelled out to Andrew because it's just scary. You know, it's scary when you think your skin is on fire and you can't hear anything. <laughs> And he comes in and I just, <laughs> like, just not the place, not the scene I want him to see me in. You know what I mean? Like the whole romantic mystery thing was totally just like <laughs> shoved, shoved out of the door, out of the way on that day. It was, it was bad. Um, and it's funny because literally like two days before that, I was like, you've never heard or smelt me fart and you never will. <laughs> two days later. I'm like calling him into the room with me having this experience. Anyway, I'm just, I look back and I crack up because it was just me at my worst. But he's like, babe, are you okay? Like what's going on? I was like, like I was so sick. I couldn't talk. So anyway, before I go into further detail, um, we miss our flight. We have to book new flights. It sucked. But yeah, so anyway, two, I had, then we go to California the next week, traveling in California. I was there for about two weeks and I have another experience like that. Very similar, didn't last as long, wasn't as bad. And then we get home and a few days after getting home, I have another experience like that. So I'm like, all right, this is bad because now I'm having like food poisoning like reactions 
to random things. The first one I had gluten. The second, I just had nuts and they had chocolate. And I was like, I don't know, maybe there's gluten in there or something. And the last time it happened, I ate a salad and a piece of salmon, which I eat all the time. So I'm like, okay, this is bad because now I don't even know what's causing this crazy fucking poisonous reaction. So I'm panicked, right? And like when you're so unsure if you're going to be in pain when you're on a flight or if you're going to be like rushing to have diarrhea when you're on a flight or like you have to randomly throw up, like it's not fun. It's not fun to just be in the unknown and not know what the hell is going on with your body, right? And so I'm talking to my surgeon and his whole team and they're saying, you have to relax. You have to, you know, you've been traveling a lot. You're like putting a lot, you just moved. You're putting a lot of stress on your body. And the doctor I talked to was like basically just telling me, you know, it could be IBS, but you're not, you're an atypical candidate because of this. So this doesn't make sense. And I don't think it's this. And I don't think it's this. You should just get a CAT scan. And I'm like, that's your answer. Like just get a CAT scan. Um, so it, it just felt like no matter who I talked to, I just wasn't getting answers. They weren't sure. And I'm like, I need to pay attention to myself because everyone's telling me conflicting things and I need to stop Googling and panicking. I need to stop listening to everyone else when it doesn't make sense to me because, you know, people were telling me, oh, take this out of your diet, take this out, now take this out. And I'm like, I'm going to have no food left if I take everything out. And I don't, I don't see how this makes sense. So anyway, I'm freaking out and I'm just like, I'm feeling like, all right, what do I do to really just listen to myself? Like, what do I have to do? And my mom reaches out to me that day and she's like, she's like, I found this, this woman who has this meditation, um, or this hypnosis style of meditation. And she's a famous psychologist and she hypnotizes people to heal their bodies. Might as well try it. And I was like, honestly, fuck it. Like I'll try anything at this point. I'm desperate as fuck. Just like, give me the meditation. And like, I never listen to what my mom tells me because I just, that's not true. Um, but she's, she shares a lot of things with me and I, I pick cautiously what I choose to watch and actually believe and take in. But something about this video struck me because this woman, Marissa Peer, was explaining how she uses like a hypnosis form of meditation to help people command their body to do what they want it to do versus just positive affirmations that are like, I am strong, I am healthy, because that wouldn't really do anything for me, like mentally to relieve anxiety or anything, because I didn't feel strong. I didn't feel healthy. And for me to just say that felt like bullshit, right? And as many of you probably know, if you just say affirmations that mean nothing to you in the moment, they're just so far from the truth. You just feel like a fraud saying them. It like literally feels stupid to say them. So her method was to say not affirmations, but give your body commands. And I took this as, um, I just created my own sort of meditation for myself and my body based on her, uh, her tactics. And I started telling my body what I wanted it to do. Body, you are strong and you have the answers to heal yourself. You know exactly what to do to heal. And right now, bloating, I want you to go away right now. I want you to leave. Small intestine, I want you to rebuild yourself. I know you're feeling broken right now. I want you to rebuild yourself because you can and you have everything you need to do it. And this sounds so, this may sound so ridiculous, but it brought me the most peace I've had this entire year, this entire year. And I don't know what it was, but literally within two days of like doing this meditation twice a day, I started feeling better, like physically and a ton mentally because I felt a sense of control. I felt like, okay, I'm like, I'm not just wishing for something. I'm actually telling my body what to do. I'm actually giving it commands. I'm giving it direction. I'm giving it specifics. And I was visualizing too. Like during these meditations, I would visualize my stomach. I don't even know what my stomach fucking looks like inside, you know, but, but just visualizing it, regrowing good bacteria. I'm just creating my own picture. Like I don't know what it would look like, but I know that based on test results I've had recently, my bad bacteria has overwhelmed my good bacteria and it's done a lot of damage to my gut. So I'm just trying to picture for myself, what does it look like for the good bacteria to come back in and 
for new cells to grow and in my body to help fight whatever's going on and for my immune system to to get back to a place of keeping me healthy and being able to fight off colds and little things um, and big things. And like, what would that look like to me? And I don't know. It's just been like since then, within one week, my pain drastically went down. And you could say it's placebo effect. Like it probably is completely placebo effect, but it helped drastically. Like I can't even understand how this is like, it's so weird. It's so weird. Oh, actually, yeah, I do remember what happened. So the meditations brought me so much peace to the point where I was going to the bathroom again. So this is a little TMI, sorry guys. But um, but another one of my symptoms was constipation. And I later on connected my constipation, meaning I wouldn't go to the bathroom five days at a time. And I connected that to those poison-like reactions because if you're holding toxins in your body and they're literally sitting there <laughs> Like your body is going to do something to get them out. So I was having these violent experiences of getting the toxins out of my body. And um, I don't know, that's how I can explain it based on my intuition and what I've been dealing with. Because any doctor I talk to is like, oh, well, that wouldn't come from this. And that wouldn't be, I don't know what these poison thing like reactions are. I don't know what they are. Like as if I'm crazy, like, I don't know what you're... so. I'm thinking it was because I was so backed up. But anyway, so these meditations got me to the point where I was relaxing and I was telling my my bowels to move. And I was imagining myself like actually enjoying going to the bathroom. <laughs> and this is so weird, but like this is how descriptive you can get with yourself in your own head. You don't have to make a podcast and tell people about it, but I'm telling you if it helps you that even when it comes to something as something like constipation, like I was literally imagining in these meditations, me just sitting on the toilet, going to the bathroom, like peacefully and easily. And just like, ah, that was easy. Wow. That feels good. (laughs) And I really did put myself in that, in that place to imagine just like the effortlessness of how going to the bathroom has been most of my life, you know, versus the last year, which is just always pain and discomfort. And like, anyway, so, so yeah, the meditations, I think overall did, it made a drastic shift in my ability to actually go to the bathroom again and relax my nervous system and relax my body to the point where I could physically go to the bathroom again and get those toxins out on a regular basis. So that was definitely a huge thing. And it's not that I wasn't trying to go to the bathroom like intentionally every day. Like I was taking multiple things that have always helped me in the past, but just weren't doing the job until five days later. So, you know, that was always my intention. Like, you know, and the doctors and the people I worked with were like, we have to get you going to the bathroom. Like you're not going enough. And I'm like, okay, I'm trying. Like, I don't know <laughs> what you want me to do. Um, so that was definitely a huge, huge piece of it. And now I'm happy to say I'm going every single day, just normally and happily, <laughs> effortlessly. Um, so that was, that was definitely key. And, um, I know the meditations, like I said, had so much to do with nervous system regulation and, and allowing me to breathe deeper and relax more just overall and have a sense of hopefulness and stay focused more on what I wanted and tell my body what I wanted it to do and start trusting my body and speaking to my body in a way where I felt powerful and in control. So I felt like my body was powerful again. And it just changed so many, it it made so many shifts, like just simply meditating like this. So yeah, I know that that was a huge part of the piece. 
And uh, the other day, Andrew was like, see, like all we had to do was get you pooping. <laughs> now you're great. And I'm like, all right, it's a little more than that. <laughs> There's more to it than that. You know, it's not, I know this isn't over. There's still, there's still pain. There's still sensitivities. There's still things to deal with, but it is, I, I feel like I'm finding puzzle pieces and I'm putting them together and I'm trusting more in myself. So that's been cool. Anyway, um, I, I started really thinking about this is a little besides the point of my personal story, but like thinking how you guys can use this form of meditation as a way to not even hypnotize yourself necessarily, because I don't really, I mean, I do her hypnosis meditations and they really, really zone me out. But, um, but even just telling myself these commands, like I command my body to heal. I direct my body to heal. I instruct my body to heal. Like the brain loves repetition. So giving your body repetition in command form of telling it what to do is something I've never done before in my life. And the impact it's had on me so far is, like I said, drastic. And it has to work in other ways. You know, like like even for, I told one of my clients who's dealing with PE and has these the, this negative mindset that keeps coming in and he's having a really hard time reframing his thoughts. And I and he's like, it just doesn't feel like it's, it's going to work. And I'm like, well, maybe, maybe try commanding instead, you know, maybe, maybe try telling your body how you want to be in control, give it commands, tell it what it needs to do for you. And he started doing that. And he's like, he's like, you know, it's really weird. I don't know if like the command type of wording has helped or if it was this because he tried something else too I forget what it was otherwise I'd share it with you um but he was like but I had a really good last week and um really good past experience or this like breakthrough another thing that uh what did I write I'm looking at notes here oh something I did see in one of these meditations that I wanted to share with you was I saw a version of me a vision of me a future vision of me when doing one of these hypnosis meditations by Marissa Peer. And I don't know, it was like day three or four doing these. And I saw this version of my future self and she was so energized and bubbly. She was like dancing around. She just like, she seemed like younger than me, but she was my future self. And she was just telling me in this nonchalant voice that I'm going to be fine. And she was like, are you crazy? Come on. Like, this is just a phase. I know it's rough, but like, look at me, like I'm great. And I have everything I want. I have everything I need. I'm so healthy. And like, you got this. And like, as she's like saying it, she's like, look, I'm fine. Look at me. Um, and she's like dancing around and I don't know. I don't think I would think of that consciously myself, um, because of how hopeless and distraught I've been, but it was a very refreshing image and a very specific, clear message that I usually don't get. Like, I'm not the type of person who gets clear visuals and messages like that. But after I did that meditation and I saw her and I heard what she said, I was like, I'm going to be fine. And that was, I think, another part of me not having the anxiety the way that I have been because it's like I trust that vision so much for some reason. So I don't know. That's pretty cool. I probably mentioned in this podcast a few times that I've been, I've had a few, just a few feelings in my life before, like just knowing I'll have certain things in life and knowing I'll move to a certain place at a certain time. Like there's been like three instances like this, um, where I'm just like, I just know, I just know. And it's very, very obvious. It's just like this gut feeling. And I can't really trust my gut right now because it's fucking up a lot. <laughs> but um, but I do trust this. Um, yeah. But yeah, so the way I've been, another part of this whole thing, right, is besides the healing is the body image, uh, the difference. Because... 
of course, it's most important for me to be healthy and for me to heal, right? But uh, what comes along with that is a drastic change in what I look like physically, how I see myself, how I've seen myself for 10 years with big boobs and a tiny waist and abs, muscle, since, yeah, for, for 10 years. And then now it's like post-surgery, the boobs are gone. I even have less boob boobage than I did going into getting implants because my, uh, my implants smushed my natural tissue so much over 10 years, over nine years. It was nine years. But my, my natural tissue is smushed, so it hasn't fluffed out fully yet. But um, even, even so, I had double A's, like I was tiny. And so now I'm even smaller, like there's very little there. And there's in one area, you know, there's not as much tissue as should be there because it's still, like I said, fluffing. So it does have a little deformity to it. Um, just like a little dent, you know, here and there. And with the bloating and the lack of working out, my stomach is bigger, but especially when I bloat, I will look, uh, sometimes, oh my God, it got to the point where I looked six months pregnant one night and, um, the average bloat looks like I'm three to four months pregnant. So if you can imagine me, big tits, tiny waist, and then that flipping, which is not the societal standards of beauty, right? <laughs> That's forced upon us women. So boobs went down, stomach went out. And for me to identify with that image um, has been difficult. Just like it doesn't, it doesn't look like me, right? And, and even scarier, it didn't feel like me. I will say, uh, the boobs, like having the fake implants out, I do feel more like myself, but my stomach and the pain and all the digestive discomfort, you know, eating something and then immediately having gurgling reactions and getting nauseous right away. That's not me. That's not how I ever felt in my life. So um, so yeah, this feeling of discomfort on a daily basis all day, like uncomfortable in my body because of pain and, and bloat and uncertainties of digestion. And then the image of not having boobs was just a lot. It was a lot at once. It still is a lot, but I've been doing better. I think since the, since the meditations getting more control over myself, I've been able to talk a bit kinder to myself too, because I don't know, giving my body like a sense of direction has helped me. I don't know. I don't know why that's helped me talk kinder, but I just see, I guess I, I started looking at my body like, oh, it's really trying. <laughs> like it's hanging in there. <laughs> my poor body. Um, you know, and then I, I sometimes feel a sense of guilt for putting the implants in and having so much inflammation build up in my body that's that's uh suppressed my immune system functioning and made digestion difficult. But I'm not I'm not uh, yeah, I can't feel bad for what, you know, 22, 23 year old stuff did. She didn't know. And yeah, I think I just, um, I can't, yeah, I ha whenever I feel that guilt, it's like, okay, you didn't, she didn't know. She didn't know. It's okay. And, and just telling my body, like, you're doing great. And I love you no matter what you look like. Um, and this is just a hard episode in the life of Steph, but <laughs> other episodes would be better. <laughs> I'm saying episode because I'm recording a podcast, I guess. Phase of life, right? But yeah, it's just, I don't even know. 
I don't even know what to say because I'm trying, um, I'm trying my best when it comes, cause I have to, I have to do treatment too. So I have to wear these gel pads around my nipples to fix the scarring, heal the scarring. And, um, I also have to use this special gel to help the tissue pop out. So I massage that. And then since the tissue wasn't popping in certain areas, I had to get these, uh, these, what's it called? Suction cups, like how people do cupping and try to move the tissue around to put it in the place. So it's like suction cups on my boobs. And I've been doing that. And then I've been trying to do castor oil packs where I wear a big pack to bed. It's like so unattractive. <laughs> I, uh, I don't do that as much anymore, but I think it was helping for a bit with pain. I, I can't, not that I can't, I'm having a hard time being naked with Andrew fully, like with my top off. So even, you know, our, our sex life has changed in a way where he can't grab me. Um, cause I'm still healing. I'm actually still sore just a tiny bit, but it's still, still sore. I, I told him too, like, I don't want to shower with you yet. I don't feel comfortable with my top off. So I don't sleep naked anymore. Um, and that's definitely changed some things. I mean, you know, there was like a certain type of play we had with my boobs that like we don't have now. Right. And it's, it's more so because I'm keeping them hidden, but, um, but yeah, it's just not something I'm comfortable with, even though it's my own body. And that's so weird because I've never had body image issues that were this like obvious, like there's always things about my body. I didn't like, but like when it came to, I don't know, like, like sex or just like being naked. That was never a thing that I had to overthink or double think even. And now I do. So yeah, it's just, it's just hard. And I'm, I'm grateful that I have a partner who I don't have to feel insecure around because I know that he you know, would would totally be fine and never, um, never make me feel bad or make me feel less sexy. Um, but I mean, it's, it's still an image, right? Like it's not, <laughs> uh, like you could still love your partner, but still not, I don't know, be as attracted in certain ways. And he's never said that to me, but I, I just, I mean, that's how I think, right? Like, that's how you think when you have insecurities. Um, so that stuff comes up for sure. And we talk about it. We definitely talk about it. And I, I'll tell him, like, on our check-ins, he'll ask me, how, do you, how are you feeling about everything? Like, how do you feel about keeping your shirt on in bed? And how do you feel about showering yourself and... Um, so I think him asking the questions allows me to, to just have that discussion and open up about it and give him direction as to what maybe I want. So I think that's been really good for us to just talk. Even though I'm like, I'm still not ready, I'm still not there, um, it's nice to hear that he brings it up because I feel just too awkward bringing it up. <laughs> You know, I kind of feel like what's the point of bringing it up if I'm not ready to like do anything different about it. So I wait for him to kind of say something, um, which he does. And that, that makes me feel better. But something, something else I think Andrew does a good job with when it comes to my body image insecurity is he will never say, um, like you won't say anything like, don't feel that way or babe, you're sexy regardless. Like you're still so sexy because I don't feel that way. So in the moment, if I'm feeling like shit or if I'm upset and on the verge of tears, I don't want to hear someone like, you're still sexy. Like, I'm just like, shut the fuck up. You know, it's like, <laughs> it's like the affirmations I mentioned earlier. It's like when you tell yourself you're sexy and you feel like a sack of potato shit, I don't even know what that is, but you know what I mean? Um, it just doesn't help. So I, what, what he does is lets me, he lets me be sad when I'm frustrated or sad. And 
he'll hug me when I'm having an especially bad day. And he just holds me and I cry and I say what's on my mind and he listens and rubs my back and he tells me, oh, I'm so sorry. It must be so hard. And that's what I need in those moments. They don't come often, but when I have them and I just want to let out my frustrations and my insecurities a little bit, it's, it feels really nice to just have him hold me and let me do that. Something else Andrew does well to handle my body image insecurity is he tells me how he wants to touch my boobs and give them more attention, but he's afraid of hurting me. So he doesn't want to, um, really touch or like, like grope them in the way that he used to, which is understandable because they are, I wouldn't want him to do that. Um, they're just too sensitive right now. And I also just don't feel secure enough. And, um, in my body image and the way I'm seeing myself, but it's nice to hear that. Like, it's nice to hear like him say, I want to do this. I'm just, I don't want to hurt you. So I, I'm just looking forward to the day when I could do that again. And that was something he said on a couple of our recent check-ins was like, I know we're not having, you know, the type of sex right now where you could just let go and really just like feel as confident as you did. Um, and I can't like grab you like I used to, but I, you know, we're just going through a phase and I'm looking forward to when I could do that again. So that is also really nice. You know, it's like, okay, he's, he's thinking about that. He still wants that. And he understands that this whole thing is a temporary thing. And that's really important to me, um, that he lets me be frustrated that he, that he validates how I'm really feeling, that he tells me he looks forward to doing certain things again when I'm more comfortable and when I'm healed and how he asks how I'm feeling and during our check-ins about the whole body image and the whole situation. And lastly, something I have really appreciated him do when it comes to not only my body image struggles, but, um, but my health struggles in general is not allowing me to make excuses, but still, he still validates the fact that I'm going through challenges that he doesn't fully understand. So I don't know. He's really good at calling me out in a way that's, yeah, that's not discrediting everything I've been going through. So I'm trying to think the other night he was just very much like, babe, I get it. Um, but you're, you still have the ability to do this. And I know that on your days when you're feeling really good, you probably just want to break, right? Like you probably just want to be like, Oh, I'm having a good day. Let me just go for a walk and not do anything, but like embrace this good day. And I was like, yeah, I do. That's how I feel. And he's like, I know, but like those good days you want to take full advantage of them, you know, and get all the stuff done that, that, you know, you want to do and get done for, for work and for your, for your fitness and catching up with your relationships. Like he's like, those are your productive days. And, and, um, you know, just know like there are answers and you can find them if you want to find them, they're there for you. And I know I said like a couple things back and he was like, babe, that's an excuse. And I was just like, fuck you. <laughs> Um, but I know it takes a self-aware partner to, you know, be able to see your own bullshit, um, self-aware person. Like you have to be self-aware to a certain extent to be able to have someone be like, Hey, what you just said is BS and have you be like reflecting on it in your head. Like, is that okay? Yeah, it is. They're right. And, um, I think Andrew's the first partner who has allowed me to reflect on myself so much, um, because he's so calm. He has such like a calm 
demeanor. And even when he's calling me out on my bullshit or telling me flat out, like, that's an excuse, he does it in a way that's like, not like loving and mushy, but he's not an asshole and he's not like, he's still compassionate, but he's assertive. I don't know. It's like, it doesn't scare me. And, and sometimes it does puts me on defense where I'm like, no, well, blah, blah, blah. And then I walk away. And then when I realize what I said was an excuse, I'm like, Ugh. and then I walk back to him and I'm like, okay, I'm going to try to do this. And that should get me going on the next step. And then he'll always right away be like, yeah, that's a great idea. Good. Yeah. That sounds good. Good job, babe. And it's just met with support. So I always know, even if I'm called on my shit, they're called out on my shit, there won't be judgment. Um, and, and if I like acknowledge that he's right, he won't put it in my face that he's right. Um, because it's not that he's right. He's just mirroring um, me. And when I'm able to see through a perspective that actually works for me, and then I tell him, okay, you know what? Yeah, you're right. I'm going to do this. Then he rewards me for it instead of being like, yeah, maybe you should. You know, like there's, there's always him rooting for me. Always. I always feel that. And I think that um, I'm reading one of John Gottman's books right now, The Seven Habits of... Successfully married people. That is so not the title. The seven principles. Let me see. The seven principles for making marriage work. And something, something he said in the part I just read was that you, excuse me, if you and your partner have so much more, have a strong friendship and you assume the best you assume the best in each other. You just always believe, not even assume, like you believe that the other always wants the best for you, always. And you have so many positive experiences to back that up in the little day-to-day of you know, communication where you're just constantly supporting each other. When you have that, you just, everything that your partner does, you look at it coming from a place of they're just supporting me. Even if they have a little tone, you know, like you, you never take it personally. So like, for example, like today, if I was like, Hey babe, do you want me to make you more coffee? And he was like, Oh, fine. I would just, I would just assume that he's struggling with something with work in that moment. And it has nothing to do with me because he never responds that way to me. And, and yeah, I would just have the assumption that it's, it's not personal because we have so many good experiences that wouldn't even cross my mind that he was having an attitude with me versus couples who don't build this friendship or these, this constant support for each other, they will be much more likely to pick up a tone and be like, okay, you know what? Fuck you. I'm not make your own coffee. You know, (laughs) it just goes in a completely different direction because of the assumption of how they're the interpretation, I should say of their partner in that moment. So, um, I found that interesting because, uh, it made me think of me and Andrew and I was like, you know what? Yeah. Whenever there's a moment where I'm like, did he just have a weird tone or like, did he say that weird? I'm just like, oh, well, he must be like dealing with something like, and that's always how I think about it. So that was kind of cool to see that. But yeah, so that is the update on my personal health. That's why I was able to get back on Instagram a few weeks ago because I finally started feeling like, you know, things are getting better. Like things are turning around. And I know I've had a lot of ups and downs this year, but I'm gonna just, I don't know. I think I've never, I've never felt this good. I've never been able to, uh, I even had sourdough bread the other day, which was incredible. Oh my God. My first bread of the year. Um, I had my first glass of wine since March and I was able to handle it completely fine. Both of those things. So that's an indicator that 
uh, things are healing. Of course, I'm not going to push it. I'm not going to become a drunk who eats bread all day. Um, <laughs> even though that's all I want to eat and drink right now since I can, but, uh, I really want pizza, like real pizza. But anyway, the important thing is that I am feeling physically so much better. Um, I am mentally feeling in control because of the new way I'm talking to myself and meditating. I am much more kind to myself in the way I look at myself and speak to myself, even though I'm still struggling here. I have definitely been kinder and kinder. And I do have a partner who's supported me from day one since all of this shit hit the fan. Yeah, no pun intended. <laughs> Gross. There's no shit that hit a fan. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I just really could not be more grateful for for Andrew and also for my will to keep going, as crazy as that sounds, because just depressive thoughts are scared. When you're not used to them, you've never heard that. I mean, even when you are used to them, I'm sure, like they're not, <laughs> they're not fun. So uh, I'm just very grateful. I'm also very grateful to uh, to have gone back on Instagram and have, have had so many beautiful messages like welcoming me back and saying how they miss me and they hope I'm okay and sending me prayers. So all of you guys listening who have been supportive in any way, even if I didn't get to your message yet or have been able to respond, I, I appreciate you so much. And I thank you for just putting your heart out to me. It means a lot. And this show means a lot to me, my podcast and, um, just the community I've built. I'm really, really happy to have built such a community of amazing men and people. There's some women on there too, but, uh, that's it. So I wanted to share with you, give you an update. Love you guys. And see you in the next episode. I hope this episode helped you. If it did, I would love for you to leave me an iTunes review. It would mean the world to me. You can also screenshot your favorite episodes and tag me on Instagram at Steph Ganowski. And before I go, remember, your sex life is as good as you make it out to be. Until next time.